0: Hello and welcome to Miles to Memories. I'm Sean Coomer, your host. Joe is back, Mark is here too, and we have a great show for you today. American Express opened up their credit limit. Specifically, you can now get five credit cards with American Express. We'll discuss it, plus a Marriott Bonvoy property that's screwing their customers. And then Joe is gonna debrief his recent trip, what it's like to be back on the road, what it's like to travel solo with children. We'll talk about all of that coming up. If you like the show, please consider subscribing. MTMPodcast.com is where you can go for that, or search for Miles to Memories in your favorite podcast app. If you want to dive in deeper into the world of miles and points, consider our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. $10 a month gets you access to our private Facebook and Discord groups, bonus content every single week, and we're going to have a meetup in just a few months. Glad to be able to do that finally. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. Joe, welcome back from your epic trip. I know that you. Uh, we're gonna talk all about it on this show. Did you get some rest when you returned home?
1: I got a little bit of rest. Last week was a spring break, but as I've been telling people, my family's life went from zero to 100 in like three days. We decided two days ago to send the three-year-old back to daycare. I decided three days ago to go back to school. So today was my first day back at school. I just got home before I was talking to you guys. Soccer started, Little League started times two life is crazy i i think i know the pandemic's not over but you know this re-entry like we went from zero to 100 and it was a lot i don't know i bet you there's other families that feel this way as well gonna try to survive this week and hopefully find a new ri- routine by uh, next week but the good news is starting next week there's gonna be no one in this house at uh well maybe it's bad news for some of you there's gonna be no uh interruptions from yeah no we need to see the bangs
2: sometimes. <laughs>
1: Uh, i'll be sure to keep her home from school once every couple months just so she can say hello perfect
0: so mark is all the uh is all the snow gone again from the (laughs) recent uh, storm
1: yeah it was
2: gone like that morning like within a few hours so i don't joe did you get any snow over there yeah
1: we got some snow two weeks ago we had snow that like stuck and then last week we had some flurries but it didn't stick
2: yeah so it was gone pretty quick i know uh sean i posted a picture on facebook like this shouldn't be happening at the end of april and sean's like I think it looks pretty, and my wife took objection to that. <laughs> after, I, I live in the desert, I don't get winter. snow, it's,
0: it's, it's a beautiful, I mean, it was a beautiful dusting over all the plants, and you know, it wasn't like buried in snow, I just thought it looked really nice, because I never yeah, got Yeah, which I
2: think, south of us in Ohio, it was like buried in snow, so yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal, got caught up on some stuff this weekend, painted a room, we're gonna be moving rooms around and stuff, uh, so glad to get that off the plate, and just busy this week. So let's get rolling.
0: Yeah, let's get into the show because we're going to talk all about Joe's travels and traveling with family, all kinds of uh, cool stuff uh, this week. So, you know, Joe, you, you wanted to talk about how travel sucks basically these days, how it didn't quite feel normal. I guess start by telling everybody about your trip, a little bit of a background, and then we'll, we'll dive into different aspects of it.
1: Yeah, so in general, I've been taking my kids before they turn three to Disney World for a solo trip with just the two of us, but that didn't work out last year, so rescheduled it to a couple weeks ago after I was fully vaccinated. So I took my three-year-old of the aforementioned Bangs to Disney World for just a two-night trip, just a quick trip. Now you can listen to, you know, my thoughts on Disney World itself on Disney Deciphered, my other podcast, but I'm not gonna bore anyone with the details here. The thing that really stood out to me that I was talking to Sean and Mark about offline was just how like not ready for prime time travel seems right now. And I know like a month or so ago, Mark was saying like, you really don't want to travel in the next few months because the supply for people working in the hospitality industry is not going to be up to the demand of travel. And I really saw that. I first saw it at the airport just here at Boston Logan. There was just like a ton of restaurants and shops closed. And since then, I've been through Logan, MCO, Syracuse Airport, JFK. And all those airports, I definitely saw at least like 25, maybe up to 50% of the stores closed. And that really... Gave this sense that one, things didn't like feel alive, but two, things also felt like super crowded because there's not as much open. And so because there's not as much open, even though there's less people, they're all crammed in. And Disney World felt the same way. There was shops that weren't open. There were restaurants that closed early and stuff like that. I know you guys have been traveling, too. So I assume you guys have been experiencing the same thing that it's just things just do not feel up to snuff yet. You know, it's just a little bit behind.
2: Yeah, I think you nailed it. It's actually. You mean exactly. I think Mark nailed it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm just course. confirming what Mark said. Notice, <laughs> That's true. notice that I started like I, I, I noticed I knew Mark was so sensitive that I started by saying Mark said it first. You no, know, that was the first thing that I said before I uh, made the point. It was a hat Mark, tip. He gave us an
2: audio hat tip.
0: <laughs> but it's continuing.
2: I mean, you first brought this up a while ago
0: now, and it's not getting any better. It seems like I was just at a Hyatt Regency Valencia in Southern California. And just went to have breakfast they finally got the restaurant open but they have one server for the entire thing and so it was an hour-long wait to get food as you point out in florida like when i was at the tampa airport they had one shop open and i had to wait in a line of 40 people to pay it's just been like that sort of everywhere so the big question is you know when is it going to get better and a kind of an interesting thought i've had is this going to be a push towards automation are we going to see a lot of these shops and stores move towards kiosks eliminate a lot of these jobs in order to bring back capacity i mean it's sort of an interesting thing but if you don't have a lot of patience now is not the time to travel
1: don't try to get dunkin donuts at boston logan trust me <laughs> it's you do like not every- want to
2: be in that line <laughs> it's like everywhere is chick-fil-a but without the uh setup to make it get you through the line quickly so the
1: ruthless efficiency of chick-fil-a yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah which is which is crazy how fast they can get through huge lines of cars and everything but yeah we have a mutual friend that was just walked last night you know a hotel was oversold on a sunday night marriott titanium and they got walked you know and you don't expect that one on a sunday night two right now three is a marriott titanium and then on the flight home uh, it was oversold as well so it's going to be like that that story is going to pop up things like that car rent, showing up to a car rental place where you have a reservation and no cars there that's all going to happen i think it's it's not going to change until you know the fall when travel summer travel kind of starts to dip down and they finally catch up Because if you look at how long it took them to ramp down, it was a three to four month process. So we're looking at maybe we're a month into this, so we still have another three to go. And then it's going to continue to pick up and travel over the summer. We're at like one and a half million through TSA every day. Peak was like two and a half, three million on average at this time a couple years ago. So as we work more towards that number, it's just going to get worse, I think. (laughs) Be prepared. Have backup plans. Have uh, secondary flights booked on Southwest, I guess, that you can cancel You know, minutes before boarding.
0: (laughs) And a lot of these places like in Florida, we know Disney World's been open almost a year. Vegas has been open almost a year. It's not that they don't know what they're doing. It's that a lot of times they can't get people to come back. They've lost a lot of the people that they had. So now they have to retrain. Um, I was even at, I was at Six Flags Magic Mountain the other day, which is an amusement park, but they have to train all of their ride operators. So they have just massive amounts of training and Uh, It's just going to be, like you say, this whole process of months long of getting people in. And uh, so it's not a matter of if they want to or that they don't want to actually hire people. It's just a matter of they can't always find people. And then when they do, they're not experienced people that they now have to bring uh, on board and train. So it's like watching paint dry half the time when you're standing in a line.
1: To uh, use a friend of mine's least favorite catchphrase or idiom, it's like a perfect storm. Not only... Are they having trouble bringing people back? But I also think that companies are trying to like min-max as much as possible. Like they've lost so much money over the last year that they want to min-max. So like using Disney, for example, like I understand why they only have two restaurants, two quick service restaurants open at a park at the end of the day, because back before the pandemic, they could leave five restaurants open, you know, people would be there all day and they'd be making money all day, they're making tons of money. So it's okay to take the extra loss from having like one or two restaurants open that maybe don't get filled to capacity. But now they wanna like maximize everything and make sure that like Every single kiosk is being used, et cetera, et cetera. It's all mobile order at Disney world now, which is great by the way, but they want to make sure that the number of meals per hour that is needed is the number of meals per hour that they serve. And so it's a combination of not being able to bring people back, retraining them, but then also like these companies are trying to save money too. I think that's part of like what the mess is and it'll be like that for a while until these companies start really making money again, I think. It may be like that even beyond that. A lot of these companies have cut all of the fat
0: In corporate America, it's all about the bottom line and profit. So you may not see a lot of these positions come back. You may not see the level of service you saw before. We certainly saw that happen in Las Vegas following the great recession in 2008, 2009. They cut back a lot. And then a lot of those positions didn't end up coming back. The service levels didn't end up coming back, or at least not for many years. So I would expect that, like you say, they're going to be running a profit centric uh, business model trying to meet as efficient as possible. And that's gonna always uh, affect customer service in one way or the other.
1: I had a couple of time-saving tips um, before we move on. So, you know, the first thing I want to say is that I got Clear for $50 because my dad is a Clear member. And so, you know, he could add someone on for $50. Clear at MCO is life-changing. That TSA pre-check line still looked like 15 minutes long and Clear, I had never done this before. I think you guys have experienced it, but it's weird. Like you go in, they scan your eyeball or whatever, which, okay, whatever. But then this like concierge TSA person, like takes you all the way to the security line. We saved so much time. Of course I had a three-year-old with me. So that made life a lot easier. So going through clear was super useful. And then the other thing I want to note, I guess this doesn't save time, but um, this is something that I was curious about and people might want to know. I know Sean, you had trouble getting a rental car in Florida. No, there were definitely plenty of cars when I got to Hertz at MCO on a Tuesday afternoon. So I think that's why there were a lot of cars. But for those of you who are like Gold Circle and wondering, at MCO, you cannot walk straight to go get your car now. You have to go to the Gold Circle counter, which is not the normal counter. So there was like no line when I went there. But I thought people might want to know that I still had to go to a counter, even though I was Gold Circle. Once I went to the counter, they just asked me for my name and they were like, okay, take anything from aisle X. But it was like less... You know, the reason why I love being Gold Circle, which is free, is because, you know, I just get off the plane and walk straight to a car and I couldn't do that.
2: Clear is also very useful if you're going to a Yankees game. I mean, the ballpark's not great. <laughs> I really didn't enjoy it, but there's a long line to get into uh, Yankees games most of the time and they have a clear and a couple other uh, facilities have that as well. They'll have a clear priority line for people at certain venues, ballparks. So it is nice outside of strictly just airports.
1: I mean, I was even thinking for the next year or so, Clear might be worth the full price. If I'm going to travel like a few times, you know, your kids go through with you for free. Uh, I mean, not for free, but like without having to have it. It's just at the airports that have Clear, the line is so much shorter. And I saw, yeah, you can get into concerts and stuff like that too. Once those are back for clear and stuff like that, it's random.
2: The interesting, the funny joke I always make is when you go through DTW Detroit's airport, uh, usually there's more workers in the line at clear than there is just in the regular TSA line.
1: (laughs) That's how you get that concierge that takes you through the security, right?
2: (laughs) I'm like, Oh, okay. So if I went to clear, I would not save any time. And, but there's people standing there getting paid to stand there. Nobody's using it. And there's nobody in TSA line. It's funny. It happens at least a couple times a year.
0: That's usually how it is in Vegas. Although this morning, the airport tweeted out a picture where there was TSA lines in places I've never seen them. That's how long the line was today. So I've never seen more than a 10 or 15 minute line. And yeah, so I I think you make a good point, Joe, that being able to do that may be a benefit, especially if pre-check lines start getting really out of control.
1: Wait, is the TSA line at Vegas like Disney World lines where you're supposed to spread out or is it like they're all crammed in and it's still that long? It looked pretty crammed in to
0: me. You can... Check the McCarran Airport's uh, Twitter if you want to see the picture from uh, from Monday morning, April 26th. But yeah, they just tweeted it out. It's all the way out to like the elevator lobbies, or, uh, way far away from where the security is. Which is
2: like is. never like that, ever. And every, every time I've flown out of Vegas, there's, you know, maybe they use up two of the rows of the zigzags, So that's kind of crazy.
1: Clear as a godsend at EWR from the comments. Uh, that's exactly why my dad got it. So
2: um don't yeah. fly out of EWR there yeah. that. <laughs> that's that's
1: that's the other pro tip yeah
2: do they
0: still have the porta potties i want to know do they still have the porta potties i got to you know i
1: got to i got to go back and see oh well, i don't no i don't want to go back and see it's okay
0: all right so joe i want to move on and talk about some big news american express dropped or we learned of this week i guess it's not big if you really look at the surface but for people in this hobby i think it's big American Express last May lowered the amount of credit cards you could have with them down to four. This doesn't include charge cards like the Platinum or Gold card, which you can have 10 of those separately. But now apparently you can go get five again. So it was five, went to four. Now it's back to five. So a lot of us sitting here with only four Amex cards, I know we have to go apply for something, right? What are you guys going to grab?
2: Well, if you want something to happen, just have me do the opposite like right before. Because, of course, I just closed a card to get down to three that I probably would have just kept if it went to five. (laughs) So, and this was literally like Thursday of last week. So I haven't really decided what I'm going to get next. I I have never had the Amex business Hilton card. So that's an option. The offer isn't quite as high as it's been. So I might wait a little bit and see if that comes back. To be honest, if you're using referrals, almost any Amex card is kind of worthwhile right now. Like even looking at something like the very crappy Amex uh, Delta Blue card, normally it's a 10,000 mile signup bonus. If you have a referral that's giving you 30,000 points, you can get 30,000 membership rewards points, you get the 10,000 signup bonus. And right now until the first week of May, you also get that $200 credit at home improvement store. So you're looking at, you know, let's say the 10,000 miles is worth a hundred bucks. There's a hundred bucks, 200 bucks at the uh, big box stores, and then twenty to 30,000 membership rewards points from a referral. If you have a two-player system, you're looking at a five, $600 bonus, which is pretty much what we look for when we sign up for stuff. So yeah, with that extra slot, I would definitely check your personal referrals. If you play a two-party system, see if there's anything out there that makes a little bit of sense. If you can use that $200 um, credit at Lowe's or Home Depot, it's easy to just go buy like a Disney gift card, Visa gift card, something like that you know, get the statement credit. So lots of opportunity right now with Amex. What about you, Joe?
1: Yeah, I am excited to get back on the Amex train, but I've been doing like a lot of Amex. Plus Amex just sent me a upgrade offer for my Delta Gold for like an extra 50,000 Miles to go to Platinum. So I am cooling my jets on Amex just because I applied for a Chase Sapphire Preferred last week. Got it. Woohoo. Very exciting. Yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that makes puts me at four twenty four. So I'm gonna wait like another month and then do the quest card, and then I'll swing back around to Amex and stuff like that. But yeah, I was pretty excited about Chase. Got pending. Did not call. It was in my account two days later. So that was exciting. And so you know, it's weird applying for a Chase card again. I had forgotten everything about uh, how it works in the rules. applying and stuff like for that.
2: it and not being uh, Jess.
1: Yeah actually no she has she hasn't applied for any chase cards either Um, oh okay so so um i think her last one was the world of high card maybe a couple years ago when it's one card per year you got to spread it out amongst the banks you know so uh, um it's, it's cool though to get another chase card it's like it's like i'm going back to my first love you know we all started with chase and now i'm back here after uh i think it's been five or six years since i got a chase personal card
0: I'm kind of in the similar situation as you. I got to flesh out my 524, get my chase cards, probably going to do the Bonvoy brilliant card because I need a personal card to hit me over the, the platinum to get platinum status with Bonvoy, uh, even though I know Mark is going to hate on uh, Marriott a little bit later uh, in, in the show. How many but... statuses
1: do you need, man?
0: Well, so here's the case. I have a bunch of certificates and a week. <laughs> All tomorrow. of them. No, listen, listen. So I've been going back and forth with this. I actually think this would be a good segment on the show, but Marriott, is giving 15 nights for each credit card you have. If you have the personal in the business, you get 30 nights. They also doubled the nights from last year based on your status. I had gold status. So all I needed was four nights in a Marriott during their double night promotion in order to get platinum status. I was able to get that for pretty cheap. And I have 10 nights worth of certs that I'm going to be using, including a seven night cert that's good at like a category seven. So it's like a a really high end property. So just in being able to get breakfast and upgrades there, that'll pay for that. But yeah, I mean, uh, no doubt another status for me. So I can, uh, walk around oh. telling everybody I'm Bonvoy platinum.
2: <laughs> How long you been holding on the... seven nights, sir. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And they're
0: finally not going to extend it anymore. So I think I'm going to have to finally, uh, find a place to redeem it. And uh, at least we'll make it nice, a nice family thing. And we'll have platinum status. So they'll treat us nice, but I was going back and forth, and then I found a very, very cheap Bonvoy stay right before the end of their Double Nights promotion, which put me over the top because I was I wasn't going to spend many, many hundreds of dollars to get it, but I was able to to get it at a price point that worked for
1: me. Bonvoy Platinum, just not the same ring as Globalist. Sorry, Sean, not as good. <laughs> oh well. If you were Titanium, right. though.
0: Yeah, that would be a, a step too far for me, given my uh, my level of Hyatt. That would require me cheat on hyatt way too much to get to titanium so
2: well, well that does come with united silver right so that is a uh benefit. if a titanium gets walked what does a platinum status get you when, when the hotels fall i've
1: gotten walked as a, a hyatt point.
0: globalist too so just one time at a hyatt place but it happened it's so when they you end, end up...
1: walked where do they put you yeah where do they put you
2: well um for marriott they actually i think it's the only hotel that has like a st- set terms where they say If we walk you from this hotel we have to give you two hundred dollars and seventy thousand points if it's this hotel it's a hundred dollars and fifty thousand points so they have it like set out but they'll just book you at like another hotel like even if it's a competitor hilton stuff so did you end up getting anything from hyatt when they walked you sean
0: yeah so we were arriving at a hyatt place i was with two friends so we were going to use the two queen beds plus the sofa bed And they rebooked us in a Marriott, in a I think a residence by Marriott, but those rooms only had two beds. They didn't have a sofa bed. So when I got there, I said, well, you have to book me a second room. And they reluctantly did that uh, because legitimately there weren't enough beds in there for the three of us. And of course, our stay was completely free. So they didn't charge us at all for the stay that I had paid Hyatt. And of course, they paid Marriott. And we earned points. And then I think they gave me a few thousand points. And then they gave us all kinds of snacks from their stuff. So they took, I mean, they took pretty good care of us. But, it, you know, none of that's guaranteed. Like you say, uh, Marriott at least put something in the terms to guarantee it.
2: Which is crazy when you think about it. Airlines have all this, you know, if you're overbooked or you're bumped, this is what you get. And all these rules and regulations where hotels... Basically, they can just overbook it to as much as they want and hope people don't show up or plan on people not showing up. But when everybody shows up, they're like, oh, don't know what to tell you. You know, you might have to go 5, 10, 15 minutes away. We might not even cover your uh, uh, taxi to get there or whatever, which I I think is kind of crazy that they don't have anything in writing. They should all have a policy and there should be some type of law to compensate people when this does happen, that you're not just at the
1: goodwill of the hotel. Same with car rentals, the way it's been going lately. I wonder when they're gonna get their fleets back up. I I don't know if they're like playing it safe. You know, obviously there's like a lag time, but it's gonna be pretty rough. Although I will say, oh. Talking about uh, travel being crazy, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about how travel is nuts right now. So I had to go to Syracuse for a personal matter, just for 24 hours. And it was the Friday that spring break starts here in Massachusetts. And so round-trip flights were $1,000. So what I did was I rented—this is why I ended up going through JFK— I rented a one-way car rental from the Hertz up the street from me, which has plenty of cars, by the way. So if you need a Hertz car— come to Massachusetts. I'll show you the spot. But uh, I rented a one-way, drove the five hours to Syracuse. I could not, it was the day after Disney World. So I could not go back and forth from Syracuse driving in 24 hours without like driving off the road. So I rented a one-way that was a hundred bucks and then took a $200 flight back from Syracuse to Boston. There are no directs right now, again, because travel, like all the directs have been canceled. They're not coming back until the summer. Um, And so then I had to take a flight through JFK to get back and Like I said before, JFK also felt um, pretty dead. So just one thing to think of if you run into expensive flights, think about doing a one-way rental and flying back one way. You know, that really worked for me. I saved $700 doing it that way. So, oh, and I did basic economy too. And that worked out great. You know, thanks to Mark's encouragement maybe four or five months ago. I've taken the Megabus before. You should have taken the Megabus. I don't want to be on a bus right now, you know but otherwise i would do that
0: fair fair enough fair enough (laughs) All right. so let's let's move on and talk about family travel a little bit and i know you wanted to talk about this show because you did take that solo trip and mark has a trip coming up to alaska with his son uh, connor and uh, i look like the terrible parent of the group because i don't have any trips on the books planned with ellie even though i have done uh, quite a few well a couple of solo trips with her before specifically what did you want to address with it just writing the trips or you know do you want to talk about some of the challenges uh, that people go through or inspire people to take such a trip.
1: Yeah, I think I just wanted to say definitely traveling alone with my kids uh, and Marcus said this too um you know he's famously said that <laughs> he gets along best with his son when they're traveling alone together. It's just a different way to like bond and be just like you know, if you are dating or have a friend or whatever, when you travel together, it's different and it creates experiences and memories that you wouldn't have otherwise. I sit at home all day with a three-year-old, but watching Daniel Tiger is different than getting on a plane or having like, I oh, I sat at my first sit-down restaurant in 15 months with her. We ate outside of the Grand Floridian. So I think that is one reason to travel With your kids, but I think the other reason is one thing that I've missed with this kid in particular is she has not gone to travel as much because we were stuck at home and, you know, my older kids, they already have a love of travel because we did it so much when they were her age, like two or three. She's really missed out on that. And I was worried. I mean, she was like my older kids, when they get on a plane, they know exactly what to do. My youngest, who I went with, you know, I had to teach her like this is how you put on your seatbelt. She was super excited about all this stuff. And so it's good to be back on the road again with kids. And I really appreciated that bonding time with her. You know, I think especially as a dad, I think we know that in general, the dads do not pull the weight as much at home, except for maybe Mark. And even when I'm pulling my weight, when 100 of the responsibility for a child is on me it changes everything because like here even if it's supposed to be my job if i know jess is in the background if i know i have backup i might get a little bit lazy about things but when i'm on the road alone with my kids 100 of it is on me even if that means we're just eating granola bars for breakfast at least my mind is thinking about every single thing that this kid needs and that experience is also like very valuable for us as a family and for uh, me as a parent as well. So I just really enjoy it. I'm looking forward to hearing about your trip, Mark, to Alaska because that's a trip that my daughter really wants to take. And so I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, what you guys get to do this summer.
2: We've talked about this a little bit in the past, but I touch on some of the same things that Joe said. And I've noticed that too. Like if, if my wife's going away for the night or going away for the weekend or whatever, and you have both kids, you know, I'm always home with both kids, but... Let's say that night I know she's not going to be there. Like you take a totally different approach. You have more patience because you know there's not somebody else that you can say, you know what, I'm done. You take them for a little bit. I can't handle it right now. So I think you take that same approach when you're on vacation, knowing that this is a solo trip. There's no one else to rely on. So I think that you have more compassion, more understanding, and you're just more relaxed than you would be maybe at home going through the routines and yelling at them to stop doing the exact same thing that they always do every single day a thousand times a day, which happens with my son all the time. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to that. We haven't been out uh, together in a while. We've gone up to the cabin, just me and him. So that was nice, but it's not really the same. So looking forward to it. We, uh, you know, I booked a uh, six hour cruise around the glaciers and seeing whales and stuff like that. So that's going to be one day that I I know is pretty excited about. We're going to drive and go walk through the national parks and go to the exit glacier trail and check that out and drive to the south end of the peninsula and you know see all this different stuff i'm probably going to be super exhausted by the time we're done with it but i know he's a trooper in it so that's good i will say like taking the two kids was about the max capacity i could have done Uh, we did one trip to orlando and it wasn't even parks it was just hanging out at the hotel and you know going to crayola factory and stuff and just having them both really wore me down That I was going to bed at like eight or nine o'clock, like when they went to bed. So I will say just having one child, it's easier. You're not dealing with fighting. You're not dealing with two different appetites and stuff like that. And just a lot of good one-on-one time for sure. Oh, uh, the fighting. Can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> Although they do fight a lot less when on vacation, but there's still times.
0: I want to echo what you said. The relationship that you have with the child during that solo trip is, is just different. And being there, being their only person leads to some really cool Uh, interactions. And I feel like a lot of kids have been stuck home. I know the one kind of downside of this with Ellie is that she's turned into sort of a homebody. So even though she likes to travel, now she's like, "Oh, I want to go home. I miss my home. And that was something that never happened before. I'm looking forward to getting her out and, and showing her that. And then I think as a parent, it's cool to think about the impact that these trips have on them, the memories that they create, you know, Connor going to Alaska with his dad, how amazing that memory will be as he grows older. And those trips are they're rare. As much as we travel so much or we try to, and even for us, those types of trips are rare. So uh, they're very special. And if you have the opportunity to take a trip with your children solo, do something a little bit different. I, I think it's uh, it's an amazing thing. And now I need to get my, uh, my next trip on the books with Ellie because uh, I'm a little jealous and a little nostalgic for some of our old trips. So I'm going to get on that right away.
1: Yeah, I think the last thing I would say is I I know everyone in this group, we were nostalgic for travel and we realized like we took it for granted and, you know, we cherish it more um, because we didn't get to do it for like a year. I feel like traveling with my kids, it felt even more so it compounded that effect of like how much I missed it and, you know, how much I cherished that time um, together. So regardless of whether you're traveling with your whole family or just you and one kid, like I do think post pandemic, if you love travel before, um, it'll feel like that first trip back. I know you guys all had this experience as well. Like that first trip back on the road, you know, it just felt spectacular. You know, I mean, it wasn't perfect. You know, there's a lot of issues, but it was just great to be on the road again. So um, I was glad I uh, could share that with the three-year-old. All right. And Joe,
0: we'll let you, uh, I guess we'll let you go, and we're Mark and I'll do the Weston thing instead of the rapid fires.
1: I gotta run everyone because uh, my parents are here, and I gotta take them to the airport. If you are a longtime listener, ma is uh in the house <laughs> yeah that was uh very <laughs> first like early, episode <laughs> one or two yeah it was episode one or two um but yeah uh, just uh always a pleasure i'm glad to be back it was good to travel but i'm glad to be back and again if you want to hear more about the trip you can check out my trip reports a two week trip report on a disney deciphered podcast all right see y'all next week Okay, Mark, so
0: instead of rapid fires this week, we're going to talk about uh, Ryan's article on the website where he took the Westin Fort Lauderdale to task because this hotel is charging credit card fees to all of their guests, right? Started with a 2% fee, now apparently 1%, but they're not disclosing it. And then you just show up, pay with a credit card and they're charging you, right?
2: Yeah, there is a sign at the front desk and stuff, but there's nothing online. He checked all, all, you know, throughout the website, either the hotel's website and Marriott's main website and he couldn't find any notion of it which i find bizarre because most hotels won't even let you check a room like well you definitely can't reserve a room without a credit card most of them won't even let you pay cash because just the things they want to have that credit card on file in case anything gets damaged or anything like that so i can't remember the last time a hotel even (laughs) offered for me to pay in cash so basically they're just saying hey, here's the charge for the room, and then we'll hit you for an extra 1% or 2% on the way out, which I find completely bizarre. And the fact that it's a Westin, which is a higher-end brand, makes it even all the more strange. This isn't like a Fairfield Inn or some crappy exterior motel type of thing. This is one of their prestige brands. There's the Westin smell. They They sell candles and all that kind of crap, so... The fact that, <laughs> that they're allowing their franchisee to be this cheap seems pretty bizarre.
0: It does. And I'll just say it like this, don't stay at that hotel. I would never even consider staying at that hotel. And I hope that they lose a lot of business because that's the only way to fight back against this Ryan, I, I highly suggest reading the article because he went through great measures to get answers from both Marriott, even American Express and Chase Bonvoy's partners. And essentially it seems like Marriott doesn't want to, or can't do anything about this. And more importantly, it's probably not legal that they're doing it and not disclosing it, but it's also just in bad taste. And that sort of reflects, I think, on management of the hotel, certainly on the owners of the hotel. But why would you want to stay in a hotel? To your point, Mark, an expensive hotel where it's supposed to be a luxury, high-end experience, and they're being a little dishonest uh, in what they're doing, but also they're not you know, following the spirit of the program. And you know, this isn't some independent hotel who can do whatever they want. So is it illegal who knows probably not is it wrong i mean there's a lot of hotels on fort lauderdale beach that you can uh, stay at without paying a credit card fee especially during a pandemic as you point out where nobody wants you to come up with piles of cash to pay for a hotel and nobody's doing that so essentially it's a fee for everybody
2: It was really bizarre the hotel's response to him was basically like hey you know i hope you come here and enjoy this great experience we have and sorry if you don't want to pay that one percent or two percent fee like you're missing out essentially like very arrogant and it's just it, it, why would you ruin an experience or your your whole job as a hotel is to get repeat guests and people word of mouth spreading out hey i had a really great stay at this place this is where you should go and fort lauderdale beach is a place that every people go back to every year so you're going to miss out on potentially miss out on those customers that get turned away over something that's actually pretty small in the in the grand scheme of things. You know, if you stay for a few nights and it's a thousand bucks, it's a $10 fee. Now for the hotel that adds up when you're talking hundreds, you know, thousands of guests over, you know, a few months period, that can add up to serious money. But for the individual guest, you're basically ruining their experience for a $10 or $15 fee. They're focusing on the wrong thing, putting their time and energy in the wrong place. And it's going to end up costing them, I think, long term, at least I hope so. I guess on uh, Yelp and TripAdvisor, people have brought this up. So I'm I'm assuming that their ratings are going to continue to go down, which will hurt them overall, because that's a place everyone goes to before they book a hotel they've never been to. So and the fact that Marriott has no power in this situation is kind of bizarre. You think they would have a set standard. These are, you know, no fees, that type of thing, especially when you have credit card partners and basically makes their card worthless. Like, hey, yeah, you have our co-branded card, but we're going to charge you a fee to use it here it just sends the wrong message overall i will say the funniest thing of this whole because <laughs> he contacted everybody like all over the place and when he reached out to marriott headquarters he got a response a callback from a guy from portugal who works in the ireland office about a hotel in florida so <laughs> i wonder wondering that's the if most somehow bon bon tied... that's the most bad
0: bon boy thing that's the most bad boy thing i've ever heard somehow they knew he was in Brazil, so they got somebody from Portugal because of the Portuguese connection. I mean, I don't know, but that would be maybe my guess. But to the, to the point of the, the charge, why not just add 1% to your room rates and, and call it a day? We know 100% of your guests are paying with credit cards or I suppose debit cards, but just do things differently. Be yeah. better, be customer friendly. Stop trying to be sneaky. Mark and I, I mean, we, we talk every week on MTM Vegas about Caesars Entertainment in Las Vegas and how short-sighted they are with this stuff and it costs them, you know, cost them in their reputation. And hopefully uh, West and Fort Lauderdale learned a lesson and other hotels will learn from that, that they shouldn't uh, shouldn't be dishonest. If you're going to charge something, put it on when I reserve a hotel room, put it on there. Um, there's a lot of people that complain about resort fees, but I said this earlier, I haven't seen a hotel website that hasn't disclosed a resort fee in a long time. But this is like ten times worse to me because it's just a hidden fee, a purely hidden fee. And we're seeing some other ones where you go to restaurants and they sneak service charges on. This is becoming a problem, and uh, we need to fight back against it. I think uh, with our wallets, for sure. So.
2: Yeah, and, and Ryan chimed in on the, the live chat in our Facebook group. They said Annie called from a German phone number, <laughs> so it was like seven degrees to Kevin Bacon to get your Bonvoy rep on the on the line. I guess. All right. Well, yeah,
0: check out the article, though, because it is sort of a roller coaster ride with all of his contacts and what each player said, uh, including the credit card partners and everything. So it was, it's a really good read. Thanks, Ryan, uh, for that. And that's going to do it for us this week. Mark, where can people find you when they're not watching this podcast in our uh, Facebook group or listening to it?
2: You can follow me on Twitter at Detroit Mark. Email me, Mark, at Miles to Memories. Come to the Miles to Memories website. Comment on the articles there. I'll respond to you there. Join our Facebook groups, our Diamond Patreon group. Uh, we're in there all the time chatting, um, Facebook messaging, whatever, however you want to get a hold of me. Twitter, DM, lots of ways. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. How about you, Sean?
0: And milestomemories.com for all of our posts, including that great one by Ryan. The YouTube channel is growing pretty quickly. If you're into Las Vegas, youtube.com forward slash milestomemories. For this show, mtmpodcast.com is where you can go or just simply search Miles to Memories in any podcast app and you will find us. Leave us a review if you like the show. Let us know what you think. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.
2: See you next week. Hopefully StreamYard doesn't cut out.
1: this issue uh, streaming to Facebook? You see this, Sean? Yeah, I'm looking into it. Just keep talking. I don't know. Bet you it was because Ryan logged in. Um, <laughs> so do just this... like started
2: up again or what? When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia.